Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I'm Wesley Euler. He's Arthur Motes. Between the pair of us here on the show, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest of what you should know by now, you knuckleheads, is we've got phone lines, we've got tweets. It's all on the table Get at us at Twitter. That's where we That's where we really want your reaction, of course. Your questions, your comments, your concerns. At Wesley Euler at the Body 52 The Body. Arthur Motes, it's Friday. We are in a jolly mood as we always are as the weekend approaches. How we doing today, cousin? Man, it's Friday. I, I wasn't going to show up because I said I don't work on Fridays. But then I was like, I got to see you with the good hair. And you know we got to talk a little talk with the amazing people, the Power Grid, the Megawatts. And since, you know, it is a... Wesley Eula host Friday. It ah. makes my life super easy. I feel like I just get the, you know, shoot the rock every time I get it today. That's right. I'm just tossing you layups. Mm-hmm. Shaq and Kobe. Make me look good today. Make me look good. Braun and Wade. Oh, there it is. We will uh, chat with our buddy Brian Backo at 1230. Um, we'll have some fun, as we always do, on a Friday here. And I'm glad Arthur Moe's decided to show up because, I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, yeah, make well, it more work for they me. They told me it was April Fool's, so they said I could have, like, called off and then put it on April Fool's. Like, oh, why didn't you show up to work today? Oh, I thought it was canceled, April Fool's. Is April, good, Fool, right? like, April Fool's is at the point now, Motsi, where it's just, I mean, you know, Cam Hayward's on Twitter. Did you see what he tweeted this morning? Uh, actually, no. I have not been on Cam social Hayward just yet, man. T- tweeted, you know, it was fun, Steeler Nation, with like a peace sign or something. Like, yeah. Cam, everybody knows what you're doing, man. All right. I mean, t- five years ago, I think you could get people with that. I don't know. Well, you know, all doesn't that, everybody wake up now on April Fools? No, that just means that you've been on their guard. No, that just means that you're 30 plus years old, so you have a lot more experience with April Fools. Uh, that's, that's all that means. Point. You're showing your good age, point. man. That's yeah, it. That's point. it. Old curmudgeon. Yeah, you ain't fooling me today. Yeah, you, you like the old man. Get off my yard. Get get off my get off my yard. Don't you do that now. You ain't fooling me today. Come on, man. Not today, Satan. He's like, nah, man. Let let him live. Let him live. Mm-hmm. For, for 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 all the young kids out there, man, it's still a, a dope. Holiday, it's still fair. a dope day. All right, that's fair. Yeah, not, right. not everybody is I'll old. Walk, I'll walk it back. Because we got a lot of experience. I'm not trying to be curmudgeon Think know? about how much experience we have with April Fool's. We've been experiencing these for, what, 20 plus years of our adult? I mean, I, not I adult mean, life, but like being able to really understand it. Probably about seven, eight yeah. years old. Yeah. Six years old in, that, in that area. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're right. We're on about 25 years yeah, or so, so, give so or take. So, for us, it's like, bro, like come on, let's kind of play it out. Yeah, but for everyone else, it's like, no, this is still fun. And you times it with social media still kind of, you know, it's not new, new, but it hasn't been around as long as we've been around, per se. Well, you ain't lying. Yeah, no. It's just a are, little different. We are still older than Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and at least we got that going for like, us. Like, we remember when Facebook was college email address only, or at least mm-hmm. I do. I definitely remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a long, long time ago. It sure was. A lot has changed since then. It's not even Facebook anymore, right? It's like Meta or something, you know? Yeah. Back My at, app still says Facebook. The, the NFL draft at one point used to be two days long. Now it's a three-day long process with mm-hmm. prime time round one in the middle of the week commanding the calendar. We are about a month away from the NFL draft. Uh, that'll take place at the end of April. Well, I should say we are in the month now officially of the NFL draft, just about four weeks 
on the nose from today. Uh, Arthur Motes, ahead of the NFL draft, still one thing. And you and I have talked about the wide receiver position, and we did that a little bit on Wednesday as well, too. And we're both, um, we both agree that they need to to add there to that position group as as you, you like the skill sets and what Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool bring to the table, but you still have to round out that that position group, obviously. You need you need some more soldiers uh to to get involved there as opposed to to just those two guys and and maybe uh Olshinsky as well too in, in small, very small roles. Wide receiver is is a position that they need to address. But the other, you know, kind of still feels like glaring, obvious uh, area of need as it relates to the Steelers roster is strong safety. And that's where I wanted to start with you today. That, to me, along with wide receiver, is 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 really what I want to see the Steelers address in the next three, four weeks here before we, we get to the podium and get to the draft. Um, and I think I would even say a little bit higher of a priority because another thing that you and I have been talking about ever since the Combine it feels like there's seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten wide receivers who can have instant impact in this draft class. That's a position where you can find guys who can come in and contribute right away. It's a little bit more difficult to do with strong safety. So that's where I wanted to start with you today. And I've got a real simple question for you to get us going. The debate in Pittsburgh, there's always been a lot of debate over, over Terrell Edmonds. This is another thing that you and I, over the years of this show, we've mm-hmm. discussed. You and I, listen... I wouldn't say we are, you know, uh, Edmonds enthusiasts, but you might consider us I'm being pro Edmonds. Edmonds. We're pro Edmonds. I'm pro Edmonds. We've been considered Edmonds apologists at points before. We're not sitting here and screaming that he's the best safety in the league or anything like that, but we think that he plays an important role on this team and that he is a solid football player, the type of guys you need on your roster and on your defense if you want to get where the Steelers be are trying to go. I'd rather be an Edmonds apologist than an Edmonds hater. There you go. Just throwing it out there. Haters. If the shoe fits, wear it. How are you going to hate from outside the club? Exactly. You can't even get in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The guy that everybody wants to bring in to replace Edmonds, Arthur Motes, still a free agent, still available, one Tyron Honey Badger Matthew. You might have heard of him before. Pretty big name. So Arthur Motes, again, to get us started here, quite simply, let's, let's leave the money considerations aside, right? Oh, that's not fair. Considering, though, Age, skill set, all that stuff. Just who would you rather have as a Pittsburgh Steeler in September of 2022 when the games matter? Playing strong safety, Tyron Matthew or Edmonds? So you're taking out the money? You're taking out the age? You're taking out everything. That's what you're telling me? No, no, no. I'm saying just I, I, just not the money. The age, you absolutely have to factor in. Oh, okay. Um, because we'll talk, we'll talk contracts and the balances there, but I'm talking now just the football player with their age, their skill set, where no, they're no, at in, in their all career seriousness, currently. Though, um, in all seriousness, I mean, Tyron's a better player, but Evans is a better fit. So give me Evans. He makes Mika do what Mika – he allows Mika to do what Mika does, which is float around, which is not have to take on a ton of action in the run game. It allows Mika to be able to be the the extra free defender in the run support. It allows Mika to, especially on third downs and stuff like that, get exotic with some of the coverage and stuff. Whereas I think Tyron obviously will excel in the third down role, but his game is very similar to what Mika does. So, yes, they're both great players, but they play the same position. So one of these guys would have to be playing out of position. So I don't know if Minka is open to being that box safety on these rundowns. Mm. I know in the past he hasn't really wanted to do that. And we know, granted, this past year his tackling was greatly improved, but we saw what it was the year prior to where he was forced to do a little bit more of that stuff. It's not what he wants. And Tyron Matthew, 
that's not what he specializes in either. No, it is not. So for me, I just look at both of those guys and I say, yes, they're both great players, but it would be like having two Ed Reeds. Yes, you're going to be great on passing situations, but when it's run time and it's time for him to take on these these blocks, these these free def- uh, free, you know, blockers coming up to him and stuff like that, forcing the ball back to the linebacker, that's not going to be what they want to major in. Can they do it? Sure. But that's not what they specialize in. Whereas when I think of Edmonds, I look at how he benefits Mika no different than how Ryan Clark benefited Troy Palomalu. Hmm. You're not going to have a ton of great players at the same positions, but you can have a great player and a good player, and I think that you would excel that way. And then when you talk about the age element of it, well, yeah, one is homegrown. One, you're going to be able to continue to keep for the next couple of years more than likely, whereas with Matthew at this stage in his career, you ask yourself, is this a one-year type of situation? Is this a two-year situation? I mean, how long does he even want to continue to play? So that's why, for me, I would still lean Edmonds just because of the fit. No money involved. But what say you, though? I think your opening statement surmised my thoughts and and yours, what it, what it appears to, perfectly. And that is, I think Tyron Matthews is the better football player, but I think Edmonds is the better fit for this defense. I'm I'm not going to sit here and look at Tyron Matthews' track record and, and try and tell you that, that Edmonds is a more accomplished player. I mean, Matthew has been first-team All-Pro. He's a Super Bowl champion. He has been arguably the best at his position for a few years of his career. Um, he has splashed in spades. He is a playmaker on the, on the back end in the truest sense of the form. But a lot of what I just described, you know, the same things we we're saying about Minka Fitzpatrick at a at a much younger age and him just about to, you know, coming to the end here of, of, of his rookie contract. Edmonds, to me, there is the better peanut butter and jelly. There is the better Ryan Clark and Troy Palomalu, the yin to the yang there as it relates to that tandem. And we know your safeties have to work in tandem. That's a huge part of the equation. It is, you know, one of those areas of the football team. I think we talk about this a little bit of offensive line, a little bit with offensive lines and, and maybe defensive lines as well, too, where at times this, the, uh, the sum can be greater than the whole. Than the whole. Mm-hmm. Yes, then the, the the sum of its parts can be greater than the whatever. That, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that expression right now, Arthur Motes. But you can, if you're able to work together successfully in tandem as a unit, as a group, you can even play a little bit above your heads. And when you're talking Edmonds and Mika Fitzpatrick, when that happens, that's a pretty good, you know, that's a pretty good bar to have for for your two safeties back there. That's a pretty good place to be in terms of the talent those guys have and how they have the ability to elevate each other. Well, and something else that I would also include is availability. And Edmonds I know people has people like farly to more scoff available. At that, but that matters. It definitely matters. I mean, you saw when Matthew went down and the Chiefs had to play Daniel Sorensen a lot more and how that defense really began to get exposed. That is very legitimate. That is something that you want to consider because right now, when you start talking about who comes in, if he goes down, you start looking around. You're like, man, how confident do I feel in Trey Norwood? How confident do I feel in Carl Carl Joseph? Joseph. I mean, it's it's like Carl is still a good player, but he hasn't been the most healthy or available player either. Right. Trey, he played well in spurts, but he also struggled, and he's also a late-round guy. So athletically, he's not as talented or as gifted as some of these other guys. To me, that definitely factors in. Edmonds doesn't miss games. Edmonds barely missed snaps. I think he's missed one game, right, in, <laughs> uh, his, in his four years? Tops. Yeah, but to say Edmonds is available a lot of the time. He's available. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's another thing that makes me lean towards him before we even discuss money. 
because we know he's going to be available. He's a volume tackler. He's a short tackler. The fact that we only can call out a handful of times he missed tackles and that's when people really try to point at him, yeah, you're helping us out with that argument when you do that because right. it's not often. It is not. He's he's that sure tackler that you need on the back end. You knocked him on ball skills. He started getting interceptions, <laughs> and and, <laughs> he, like... and he knows he knows how to limit tight ends within the context of this defense mm-hmm. as well. Too, there is a direct parallel that you can draw from where we were in that conversation three years ago. Mm-hmm. Motsi, we the, used to the t- Morgan Burnett's, the, the Sean Davis's, we, and we would talk about nauseum about how these these high level tight ends would eat the Steelers' defense up every single week. That hasn't happened. In a long time. I mean, guys like Darren Waller, guys like Kelsey, they, the numbers that they put up against the Steelers aren't similar to the, you know, are, are a little bit less. Now, it's not like he completely shut those guys down, but you don't completely shut those type of players down. Correct. It's like shutting down Antonio Brown in his prime. That's, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but he's able to successfully limit them in the context of the Steelers defense. And that was something they struggled with mightily when Edmonds got to Pittsburgh. That has changed. That has almost done a complete 180 in his time in the black and gold. That's that's where I'm at, too. And then when you zoom out a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. When you look more at the bigger picture, when you really consider age and money, that's where, too, Tyron Matthew, and maybe it doesn't matter for this year, Motsi, because you've done a good job. You've been able to, to fill pretty much all your needs so far in free agency without giving a ton of money, right? You were able to bring in Mitch Trubisky for what we all thought was a good deal for the Steelers. Miles Jack, Levi Wallace, and what we thought were fair team deals, good value for the Steelers. Because of all that now, you you, you do. You've afforded yourself the opportunity to realistically pursue a guy like Tyron Matthew. But is it going to be a one-year plug him in, and then all of a sudden you're back in this same spot looking for a strong safety again? Is do it going to be two years? Do you know years? where his market is? I mean, the Broncos are talking about getting him. The Saints are talking about getting him. I don't but th- no, I think no, there's just, this idea but, but that no, he's no, just no. hanging I'm out there and going to be in terms of cost. Oh, he's got to be going to be He's got to be close to 10 million a year. Probably more than 10. 9, 10, no, 11, no, no, no. 12. 12 is probably bare minimum for what I'm thinking about him because you say he's a proven commodity. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's everything that you've already listed. And he is 30. It's not like he's 33. Right. And, he's and, 30. And this whole narrative of, oh, because it's late in for agency, no money's being given out. Uh, did y'all not see Bobby Wagner yesterday? Cool. How about that? Okay. So, yes, money is still available. I just think that Tyron is going to be in that same double-digit M category of what he's getting paid. Whereas when you're talking about Edmonds, you probably get him for five, maybe less. I just think that's a Big time difference in terms of when you're talking about a guy that fits and is going to be drastically cheaper versus a guy that is more of a luxury pick and is going to cost you more, but the fit isn't going to be as smooth as you would want because you got two guys to do the exact same thing in, in a sense. What say you on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body 52? Duh. That's where we'll take your opinion. Maybe in the final segment, we'll take some phone calls as well, too. I'll give that number later on in the show. You know, And the more I think about this, and because you and I, you know, some people might call it cynical, but we just, you even more so than me, but but me as well, too, of, of working in this industry for so long, we know how these things work, the business of all of this. And what I mean by that is it comes out on a podcast two or three days ago, right, where Tyron Matthews says, yeah, I talked to Coach Tomlin, there's, mm-hmm. there's interest there, we've had conversations, and Steeler Nation freaks out, right? 
They're running around like SpongeBob with their hands up in the air. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm. Tyron's talking to Tomlin. He wants to come to Pittsburgh. I'm ready. I'm ready. Where I hear that, Arthur Motes, and I think, oh, okay, he's saying that because he wants more money from the Saints, or he wants more money from the Denver Broncos, or he wants more money from one of these teams that is going to be able and more willing to pony up and to give him the three-year contract at that, you know, that double-digit million value. That's what I think. And hey, maybe we're completely off the point here. Maybe the Steelers are sitting there and they're thinking we could give this guy three years, 30-some million, right? Maybe that is a real conversation that they're willing to have or that they are having. I just don't see that as a possibility for the Steelers and the way that they operate, particularly with guys that are Matthew's age, you know, that are already well past that second contract point in their career. Part of me thinks when I hear that and him talking publicly about Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, just a bargaining chip, just a bargaining ploy. But that's the cynical, I know how this works side. You know, let's let's talk about this team over here so that, you know, the team on my uh, on my left, let's talk about the team on my left so the team on my right will, you know, throw a couple more million dollars on my contract. I understand your thought process. I ain't going to lie. It just sounds like you've been hanging around these old Pittsburgh media people too much. They always want to shut stuff down. Oh, no, they don't do that. You know, I steal away. Oh, no, they would never do it because of this. And it's like, oh, okay. I got it. Well, you're right. There's been, a big, the there's, been a, there's been a huge <laughs> movement off of that and years right. of late. You're right. absolutely right. But, but we hear that all the time from the oh, old do. media oh, no. gatekeepers. Am I, old, am I old now? You hang around them, so it's all good. <laughs> You hang around me. What's that say about you? That says that I don't hang around them. That's why I can point it out. That's all. So that's why I do enjoy these conversations, whether it's about Tyron Matthew oh, I, or the I, I or the various quarterbacks that we've talked about. Yep. Because remember, yep. that was the other conversation, mm-hmm. right? No, they don't do that. You know what? Stills don't do that. And he's like, okay, all right. They didn't do that, though. Okay, whatever. Okay. They, they could have done, done that to Sean Watson deal. But they still paid Mitch Trubisky. They did, but not a premium. They For Mitch Trubisky, that's not seven, premium seven money? million a year? Dude, the fact that he can go up to 27, that's a premium oh, to me well, for sure. Mitch Trubisky. But, but he only has $5 million in this guarantee, not even the seven. That, that, that's, but yeah. all I'm saying is it's like, yeah, that's not a guy that you would typically want to pay that type of money to. In the past, we would never no, have done it like that. No, but you also know, too, the signing of Mitch Trubisky in terms of the money and the capital mm-hmm. of, like, a, let's go Deshaun Watson or Russell right. Wilson, that's a drop in the bucket no, compared to— No, no, and to, I would agree with that, but I'm just saying in the past— Oh, no, we would never do nothing like that. No, it's just, they, they draft the guy. No, they they right. draft the guy. We got Mason. Well, that's what it, like, we got Haskins. It's like there was the same thing that was going to trade to get Minka with them. They've been way more active in free agency in years of late than they have been before. So ultimately, that's why for me, I don't look into it to that extent of, man, I don't think this guy's going to come. Well, I think he's thinking of it like this. I just look at it like I've been in free agency. You get those phone calls. You could talk about them publicly if you want. But at the end of the day, your agent is making all the moves. Correct. Trust me, these teams don't wait to go to social media to see if a guy's getting interest or not. They already hear no, they're, this because they're, they're trying agents. to drum up more interest right. themselves. Their agents are already doing this type of stuff. So I don't think it is one of those things of he says this because of that. I think that, you know, he's just being candid because at this stage for Tyron Matthew, he's in the driver's seat. You notice no other safeties are really signed, right? Because he is going to be the one he's to the set domi- the market. He's the domino to fall. Yeah. So when you do that, why do you think he was on vacation when free agency started? Because he's, he's not he's worried not about this. No. Why do you think Bobby Wagner took as long as he did? They're not worried about Odell those type Beckham of things. Jr. They gonna, they're going to get the deals that they want. They're going to sign for the teams that they want to sign to, whether that is based on money, whether it's based on fit, or whether it's based on a chance to win a championship. But to me, I just think that they are outliers when we talk about 
them in free agency because they are really in the driver's seat. Whereas a guy yes. like Edmonds, he's not in the driver's seat. Edmonds has to wait. He has to wait on a Tyron Matthew to sign because that's the big fish. Imagine if you're a team and you give Edmonds money and you say you give him seven, but you saw a Tyron sign for nine somewhere. You're regretting that because you're going to be saying to yourself, man, we could have just pointed up a little bit more. We would have waited. We would have right. known. Or we could have gotten Edmonds for five or six right. instead. Yeah. yeah. So that's the reality of it. So that's why when I think of Tyron, I'm like, man, Tyron is in a great situation. And it's smart by Coach Tomlin calling him. The real question that I would probably have is, what are the numbers that the Steelers are willing to pay him? Because if he feels that he's worth 10 to 12 or even 14 is someplace where I've seen it speculated at for him because of what he's already done accomplish-wise mm-hmm. and money-wise, if he's saying that I want 14 – 13 minimum and the Steelers are saying well hey man I love you You could be the starter here pay you a mink and we pay you nine well he might be like yeah it was a great phone call Mm -hmm. it was dope to talk to him I'm a fan because he did say that and if he said man it's cool hearing from coaches that you're fans of so it's like yeah it's cool that you call me coach T but at the end of the day that nine isn't talking about what I want to hear so I appreciate you but I'm going to go somewhere else it's not a bad thing but that's just the money part of it because with a guy like Tyron he's in the driver's seat right now and that's I, I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that's an important misconception in a lot of this. A they lot think of people because two weeks in. Oh, a lot they, of people gonna take a deal. Whatever. It's April now, and it's like it, no, it's been three weeks into free agency, and, and oh, well, it, he must not. There must not be the offers that he's thinking. No, that's and, not the case. And veterans don't have to be in a hurry because you ain't trying to go to OTAs and do all that other stuff. Like anyways. you think Akeem, Akeem Hicks is still a free agent <laughs> right. right now? You think he's taking some discount like, to go somewhere? Come on, man. Stop you brought it. up Bobby Wagner, come Odell on now. Beckham Jr., Tyron Matthew. Take, like they're not taking discounts. There's a lot of really good. I'm sure I'm forgetting yeah. one or two. But there's a lot of really good football players Absolutely. that are still free agents right now. That Shoot, doesn't mean Julio that Julio Jones, AJ Julio Green Jones, are available. AJ, if we're being real about that it, that doesn't mean that these guys that the money isn't there for them, and that's why they're waiting. That's not the case. Now, for one or two of those individuals, that could be the right. case. But I think there's the misconception of, well, Tyron Matthew's still available. He's got to be cheap now. That must mean that he's going available. Down. Number's going down. That's, like, that's just not nah. true. Look he's at, not in a rush. You don't have to be in a rush. Look what Bobby Wagner just signed for. Absolutely. Wait till Akeem Hicks signs. It's going to be for a, a substantial number. Um, no, I'm, uh, I'm glad you pointed that out. Because I think, again, I, I think that misconception is there. Yeah, because... Like you said, with a guy like Edmonds, you can make a case for that, but it's still not the same because Edmonds has to wait for Matthew to sign. So it's not even that Edmonds doesn't have a market. You just got to wait for the big fish. We've all done it before. I know what I'm trying to think. My When I signed here to come to Pittsburgh, the guy that I was waiting on because we were in, I was an inside linebacker predominantly. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh wanted me to switch to outside, but at the time, at inside linebacker, we knew we had to wait for Brandon Spikes from New England. He was the guy. It was like, whatever he signs for, now we know everybody else's limit. But until he signs, we all have to wait. And it was like, all right, it's a weekend. He still got paid, but we all had to wait. It was like, all right, did he sign yet? Nope, not yet. <laughs> How okay. long do I got to wait here? Because everybody else is going to say, well, hey, I like you a lot, but I'm not going to pay you this if we don't know what that guy's going to make just yet because he is viewed as the top guy coming out. And we see that every year. We know how that goes. But it's just, you know, when we want to talk ourselves into or not into a person – we kind of formulated the way we need to formulate it. And that's why it's like, oh, man, he's been sitting here for this long, man. He's got to be cheap. Oh, he's got to be available hey, hey, cheap. Hey, hey, you, this is the one you ready. Give him a, a five mil prove it deal. 
Get, get, give them a backloaded contract. I'm like, bro, are y'all serious right now? Who are we talking about? Backloaded helps the team. Players don't do backloaders no more. Why would we want to do that? Not a player like Tyron Matthews. So, so you could cut us when you get tired of us? When, when you think, oh, yeah, we don't like to play? Like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, they're good on that. Absolutely. Those type of players don't take backloaded deals. Mm. Come on now. No. Got some tweets about this. Eric tweets us. What up, Eric? And Motsi, I think this is a new friend of the show. I was so. say, Eric sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the party, pal. Eric tweets and says, I'd love to have Edmonds back. I think he's improved in all of the areas that he took the most criticism for and has been the most readily available player on the squad. I say pay the man, even if you have to put some incentives on it to get him to stay. Since um, we see the front end of the defense getting back in, uh, getting back and better, um, that should free him up to play even better. I think that's an astute point, Eric. Like yeah. he, he has... He has, you know, been a a very important cog in that run defense, and we know the run defense struggled last year. But you give him some defensive linemen back, uh, the addition of Miles Jack, and all those things, I think that that'll even uh, even help him uh, even more. Steel City Champs tweets us and says, um, "I feel like it would be the smarter thing financially to bring Edmonds back. The question is, how deep is the safety position in the draft? Anyone who can come in and learn quicker than usual, automatic plug-in." All right. Kyle Hamilton, I'd be confident in that, Motsi, but he ain't going to be there at pick 20. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and the question I'm not going to be there. If he's sitting at 10, do you pull the Devin Bush again? I don't think so. Because it's the same scenario. You're picking at 20 for a Devin who was with a second-round pick and a third from a year later. Could you imagine the reactions if the Steelers moved up 10 spots and nabbed a safety and not a yeah. quarterback? Oh, man, it would be nuclear around Pittsburgh. I would agree with that. Oh, mm-hmm. see, now that you say it, I almost want it just for the scenes and the reaction yeah. and the content. But I was say, because people would lose it. Yeah, would definitely lose it. I think the only positions I would trade up for, and this is easy to say in hindsight with the Devin Bush situation, quarterback, tackle, edge rusher? Are you talking about this year or just in no, general? In general, just in general. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I was yeah, like, yeah. what? Just in general. Ain't no left tackle on there. There's some really good left tackles in this class, but not one that I don't think is worth trading up for like that. I wouldn't Maybe mind trading up for a linebacker, depending on who it was, though. Corner? Yeah, you're right. That's. Yeah. I mean, who am I kidding? Because like, if, if Devin Lloyd is sitting at 15, 16, I'm like, go get him. And you only like, have to move up a right. few spots. Yeah. I don't want to make. I don't want to jump ten spots. Or that, eleven, like yeah, they did to like, get Devin Bush. That that's yeah. a little bit different for me. But I don't want to do that. You know, yeah. San Antonio Holmes, Troy Polamalu. That was similar. They right. they moved up, but it's not like they were moving up eleven spots. Right. If we're talking about moving up a couple of spots, I'm all for that, but. It would have to be that type of player. Like I said, linebacker, totally inside or outside, I'm cool with. Corner, I'm cool with. QB, I'm cool with. O-line is, is hit or miss to me, man, because we do see a lot of early O-linemen not pan out, and we've seen guys that are mid-tier or late-pedigree guys really come in and still can give you valuable, high-quality play. Like When you talk about trading up, man, it, it really depends on how far you're moving, though, because sometimes that could be expensive. Oh, yes, it can. And like if we didn't move up for Devin – Say we got Devin at 20 versus trading up to get him at 10. Is the perception different around him? I think it is an extent. Absolutely. But when you talk about giving up what you gave, when you talk about moving up for the first time in so long, it just, it comes with a certain level of expectation. Yes, it does. And the longer it takes for those expectations to be fulfilled, the, the more scrutiny that player has to deal with. Some of it is warranted. Some of it may be a little bit overreactive. But at the end of the day, that's largely because of what we had to do to acquire him. Well said. I was one of the people. I was spreading that propaganda, Arthur Motes. I told everybody for weeks, Devin Bush, first top 10 pick on defense since Rod Woodson all the way back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Devin. Mm-mm-mm. It's always the 
enemy behind your own gates. Steeler Nation 920, last one here before <laughs> we go to crazy. <laughs> The enemy behind his own gates. That was like that sometimes. We need to keep Edmonds. Uh, he's solid and has great rapport with Mink. Also, great run support, along with the physicality to cover tight ends like Mark Andrews. Yeah, we we absolutely concur. And crazy athletic, dude. Like, you talk about a guy that, I mean, testing-wise, he tested off the charts. I mean, he has speed. He has size. He's strong. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to hit. I mean, dude, this is a guy that if you really wanted to, man, you could make him into a linebacker if you wanted to just because of the size he plays with and the toughness that he has. Like, Evans is a good player, just not a great player. But that's, I feel like, always been the issue when we talk about players. If they're in that good category but we feel like they could be great, we poo-poo them. I always look at Baker, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, prime examples. Good players, not great players. But they flash greatness at times, so it makes you feel like, oh, they should be able to do that more consistently. And when they don't, it's like, well, he's a terrible player. We don't want him. He's terrible. You're like, uh, you're lying to yourself. No, he's not terrible. He's just, he's just not great. He's not great. That's why great players Again. are viewed in a way. And that's why I like we talk about this all the time. He's like, man, people will use the word great when defining players in place way too often. Way too often. It's like, no, there's not that many great players out there. That's what makes them great. It's a good amount of good players. But not a ton of great players. And that's why we put a premium on those guys. But when we try to put that on guys that just aren't capable of being great consistently, it makes you view them in a weird way. And it's like, man, no, these guys are still good players. Evans is a good player. He just happens to play next to Minka, who's a great player. But it doesn't take away from what Minka, I mean, it doesn't take away from what Edmonds does and what he means to this team. I completely agree. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo about this in just a few minutes on the other side. We'll catch up with the Batman. We'll continue the conversation here. More on the NFL draft, more on free agency. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.